my name is Frances. And I'm Alice. And welcome to this week's episode of Two Friends in a Pod, a place for friends to catch up on movies, music, TV, and all things pop culture. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, oh my, I was just on TikTok, like, scrolling. And you saw that one when the cake was like, my our little, happy birthday, our little divergent. <laughs> like, why did they think that sounded okay? And it was like really cheap, honestly. <laughs> it looked like, you know, when supermarkets do <laughs> customized cakes. But the thing is, I've seen supermarkets do like... Nice customized cakes. Like, yeah. It looks just so <laughs> homemade. It looks so like really suburban bakery. And I don't know if you noticed, but the picture of the Divergent poster in there, they had photoshopped her face onto the girl, onto Shailene Woodley's body. Oh my God. I was like, at least they tried. Like yeah. my mom would never. My mom would never think of the idea, like to photoshop yeah. my head onto it. Be birthday she, she wouldn't, and she wouldn't even know that I like something so much that she put on. That's a cake. true. Yeah, yeah. TikTok has been saving me. You have to dig through, but there's yeah. some quality stuff on it. When you find gold, you find <laughs> real gold. I think it's like sometimes they're just surprising as well, like what you come across. Yeah, I love tiki talkies. You talkies? Yeah, so this week we are doing the holiday um, with Jude Law, Kate Winslet, Cameron Diaz, and Kate and Jack Black. Not in that order, of course, but one of these is not like the other. <laughs> <laughs> but just to, I guess, talk about some stuff that we've been catching up on during the week as the year is finally coming to like winding down. I have been gravitating towards more lighthearted <laughs> comedies, I guess, um, which is why I haven't finished Succession. So we can discuss that at a later stage after the holidays, probably. But upon your recommendation, I did actually start watching Sex Lies of College Girls, which is that Mindy Kaling sitcom, I guess. And mm-hmm. by started, I mean, I finished as well. <laughs> <laughs> you just inhaled all the episodes available. <laughs> I mean, it was very short and each episode is probably like 30 to 40 minutes. So it felt really doable to just keep going in yeah. my mind. And I think I smashed it out in like one or two days because I was just <laughs> sitting there and I think I slept late on that night too because I was just like, yeah, let's just do it. Let's just <laughs> put an this end to who this. I am. <laughs> Basically, the show is about four college girls are living in a dorm together so they don't know each other they're not friends at the beginning but they're all put into the same dorm and it's about them navigating college navigating growing up navigating friendship everything mm-hmm. how did you find it it was really fun at first I was a little bit unsure about the characters whether they get a bit annoying but of course they all end up being very very lovable so I guess the premise is that these four girls are very different in personality so you've got what are their names hey, let me look it up <laughs> One of them is Timothy Chalamet's sister. No way. Like, the actress, like legit. Wait, can you guess who? It's Lizzie. Oh, I don't know their names. <laughs> it's the nerdy one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's her, the actress is Timothy Chalamet's sister. Okay. Oh my god. Now that you said like when you said that, I was like, I think I know because knows. That's all. Yeah, her name is Pauline Chalamet. Wait, that's Kimberly. Sorry. What what did I say? Lizzie? Who's Lizzie? No Lizzie in this. <laughs> There's a Leighton. Kimberly, 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 that's who I meant. I had it pictured in my mind because, yeah, yeah the nose, the nose. When yeah. you 
when you say Timothy Chalamet and then that one of them is his sister, I'm like, yeah, it has to be her because of the nose. So, yeah, Kimberly, who plays like a small town, self-admitted poor girl. So she has like earned a scholarship to college. So she, she's quite smart, I guess. This is kind of a thing. We've got Leighton, who is a privileged, quintessential, pretty privileged um, girl who has, I guess she's, her story is that she's kind of struggling with her sexuality. That's pretty much um, her story from episode one. Also, we've got, we got Bella, who comes from an Indian background. Her family is quite traditional. She's also kind of geeky in a way, but she's kind of wanting to seek out her comedy career. And the last one is... That's Willow. Whitney, who is the... Sorry, Whitney. <laughs> Willow is her friend. <laughs> yeah, friend. Yeah. She's the soccer star. Uh... <laughs> yeah, so she's the daughter of a senator. And yeah, she's a, she's a soccer star. So a very successful female uh, football team on, on, on campus. Yes. Like you've described, they're all extremely different people. They probably wouldn't be friends if they just went to the same school I think their friendship is born from the fact that they're forced to live with each other in that dorm yeah it was just very like breakfast clubby of them like friendship mm. born out of convenience but also leads to something I guess a bit more deeper throughout yeah I feel like they're like are confronting you know their prejudices and their biases and learning to see different perspectives and all that sort of stuff and yeah Bella is like I feel like I see the most Mindy Kaling in her because the story is so similar, like both Indian background and like wanting to be a comedy writer in a male-dominated space. So Mm -hmm. I do feel like she's sort of that self-insert character from her. And I'm sure there's like parts of her life where she struggles to enter a comedy club and like, you know, is looked down upon Mm -hmm. by some people. I'm sure that's like based on her own experiences. Yeah, and it's something that actually I've seen quite a lot of stories coming through, specifically like comedy careers, like female comedians, I guess, talking about their experiences. And it all seems to kind of follow a similar story, unfortunately, which is similar to the experiences that Bella um, is experiencing and that it is very much like a boy, boys club, I guess. So, yeah, it's just very interesting because I think at the core of it, these girls are friends. I think that that really ties everything together. Like there is a friendship, like a genuine friendship, sorry, of girls looking out for girls, especially in a time of their lives where they really need that friendship support. Because I think also Leighton finds out that the friends that she like she thought she had from high school didn't actually like her. So she lost that support and then she found mm-hmm. it in an unlikely group of people yeah. who just accepted her for who she was. Yeah, like, who but, she initially brushed off as like really uncool, yeah. not worthy of her, you know, New York City cosmopolitan yeah. lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think this, like, obviously the title is very, ooh, you know, sex lives of college girls. Mm-hmm. So that does factor in. But I would say like it's much more than that. Like it's mm-hmm. it's about their friendship and their development and finding their feet and maturing. And then I think towards the end of the episodes that are available, it gets into much deeper and real stuff if Mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah Yeah. I guess would you liken it to something like sex in the city where like yes like sex plays like maybe a core part in their lives but it's not what it's all all about yeah (laughs) like it's just like it is just essential part of it your like I guess identity and things like that and there is some of that like they they're all exploring that part of their lives but in addition to everything else that's kind of like influencing it and stuff yeah so I wouldn't be put off by the title if you're thinking it's yeah, just it's just going to be like raunchy, like 
or sex romp or something okay like it's no it's more than that it's just like a fun yeah. comedy to be honest yeah so i thought that was really good and it also goes into you know stuff like sexual harassment and how mm. universities don't take it seriously or how people like dismiss survivor stories so it gets pretty deep even mm-hmm. you know like Leighton's story of struggling to come out and facing homophobia from her parents and all those sort of uh, topics as well so it's a it's a lot more meaningful than just like oh sexy times college girls <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's a coming of age if you will if you will yeah totally <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's very easy to watch really funny and I don't know it was it, it felt fresh as well even though maybe there are other like teen, I think it's because it's like past the teen. Maybe we're going into that young adult sort of mm. phase of the life, and yeah, kind of telling now that we are kind of facing that Sex and the City reboot. Like this is probably what I would like Sex and the City to be. To be <laughs> Wait, have you watched the reboot? <laughs> no, no, I haven't. Okay, I've only read spoilers. Yeah, I know everyone's talking about it. I've heard mixed things about it. I mm. mean. But did you ever watch like Sex and City in no, like not properly? Yeah, I only watched a few episodes, and I was like, I get why it's popular, but I also get why it hasn't aged well. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely of its time. Like it's very specifically rooted in a specific time period and and ideas mm-hmm. and values that were about then. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, I can I can totally see why people would like it. But I guess it's not really me. Maybe at this point yeah. in time, <laughs> I don't know. There's other stuff to watch. Yeah, exactly. And I think the reboot is very specifically for people who did grow up watching mm. Sex and City when it came out. So, of course, the audience is a little bit older. I don't know. I wonder if it's aimed towards people our age or if it's, like, made for people who are a bit older. I don't know. Well, one, th- one of the things I've heard is that – well, I've heard people complain about is that they think it's too woke now and, like, Carrie, instead of writing for a magazine, she's, like, a podcast host now. So that's their way of bring it in, bringing it into the modern world. But whether that's good or not, I don't know. I haven't watched it. I, I only really saw a lot of stuff about yeah. spoilers about a character's death I and mean, all that. Yeah, it's going to be hard to appeal to people who did watch it at that time because they do have like a preconceived idea of who mm. the characters are. You're always going to disappoint some people depending on like where you take it. Like if you keep them doing the same thing that they did like 20 30 years ago like i feel like that's not realistic either yeah yeah it's it's hard again this is coming from like us not having watched watched the original content (laughs) (laughs) with zero authority (laughs) zero authority i think i have watched the first movie though the one where she didn't marry mr big Mm. in that i remember um, vivian westwood ball gown over that yeah. yeah, but yeah, also I guess the other big topic is that Kim Cattrall didn't jo- rejoin yes. the cast, whether that was her choice or someone else's choice, who who knows, to be honest. If you, do you know the podcast Shameless? Yes. Yeah, so they actually recently released like a episode on Sex and City, I think it's going to be a series called, Scan- like it's part of their scandal, I don't know what they call it, but oh, yeah, whatever, but it's about Sex and City and they kind of did cover it, so I haven't. I don't think they've released more episodes. There's just the one at the moment, but it is sort of like talking about the media surrounding that incident of Kim Cattrall versus Sarah Jessica Parker. Mm. And it's pretty interesting because these people were like talking about each other quite publicly as well. Mm. Like, kind yeah. And they both had very like opposing views. Like someone would say it's because of this and the other person would would say it's because of this. So it's like, well, 
What's the truth now? Like they're just two very, very different stories that are being said publicly. How are you supposed to know like what it is? I mean, and does it matter, I guess, is that the yeah. other question? <laughs> Interesting. But yeah, yeah, I guess she didn't come back for whatever reason. And I, and then I think for, for diehard fans, that would be difficult as well because mm. the show is so rooted in them, the four of them together, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the core part of the show. Yeah. Having one person missing would just feel odd, I think. I think so. And they definitely have to explain that away as well, yeah. as well as keeping it open just in case she does decide to return. I don't know. It's <laughs> so hard. Friends again. It's such a weird place to navigate. Um, it almost seems like, was it even worth coming back? I have no mm. idea. I feel like we've seen so many of those reboots in um, recent years. Like we had like the Gilmore Girls one. Gossip Girl. Yeah. I'm Is thinking it- of another one but I can't name it. Is it just better to let some things lie? Honestly, yeah, just like, <laughs> if you really loved it, you can just go back and watch it again. But do you really mm. need to bring it back? I don't know. Yeah, like 20 years down the line where, yeah. you know, so many things have changed. I'm not sure. Yeah. Maybe if they do a really good one. I guess it's kind of subjective though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll be excited to know that Sex Lives of College Girls has been renewed for season two already. So there will be more episodes. Well, like that was actually solid yeah Yeah. good wreck and the other one which I actually only just recently started was Love on the Spectrum which you also recommended to me like many moons ago and again Francis is right it was I mean I've only seen like one or two episodes but seriously I think in the very first opening dialogue of um so some of the like what do we call them? Subjects of the show. They were like talking about their experiences with love and like what they really wanted and like their aspirations for it. And I just like, you know, I was like almost in tears because it was like so pure. It was so like sweet. The whole series is just so like the ideas that they have of love and relationships is just so sweet. It's just so pure. It's so like it's kind of like what everyone has fantasized about, mm-hmm. like this kind of thing when you're an adult. Well, of course, I mean, maybe I'm a jaded adult, I don't know. But like, okay. <laughs> you know, maybe these things have become more difficult. Maybe it's us making things more difficult for ourselves. But I think mm-hmm. their want of an experience in that realm is just like, you know, that's just core human emotion. Like, you know, it's just raw. Yeah. Um, so I really, really like enjoy that because I'm like, I, like I, you love to see them like blossom. I think they have like really good support. I really like the family scene. So seeing the parents so interact sweet. with their kids through, I'm yeah. like, these people are doing something right. Like, you know, they're just giving them so much love and again, support and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, this is just this is solid. <laughs> I love that because they have like a relationship specialists specifically mm-hmm. for people who are on the spectrum the autism spectrum come and talk to the people and it's like yeah they really like her purpose is to break down conversations and sort of help them or guide them and give them tips and skills on how to converse with other people and get to know other people and I think even that just being able to watch that and seeing oh these are the things that they maybe struggle with and these are the things that they have to learn that don't come as naturally to them as maybe more neurotypical people or whatever so I think it's just like really interesting to be able to see that and maybe you know understand more what being on the spectrum is like and what it actually really is and maybe mm-hmm. dispel a few myths there and it's just really cute because yeah one girl was like I think she's in the latest season but her mom's like yeah and you might want kids like what if your partner wants kids and she's like kids are a waste of time and a waste of money <laughs> her mom's just <laughs> like oh okay <laughs> so blunt. <laughs> 
That's so funny. I think um, Michael, who's in the first season, he had a very similar point of view with kids being like, I definitely don't want kids. And then his mum was like, you know, what if uh, some girl that you fell in love with, she really wanted it? And he'd be like, oh, yeah, maybe maybe I would if she wanted it, but I would get a vasectomy after the second child. <laughs> Remember. I think the mum's just like, okay. <laughs> and then I think he was also like, kids stop you from becoming wealthy. <laughs> That's facts. That's not facts. wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. And there are some scenes of them going speed dating, which is really just sweet mm-hmm. as well. And yeah, it, it gets very emotional just watching them chat and watching them try to date people and, you know, whether mm-hmm. it goes well or it doesn't go as well. Mm-hmm. And there are some scenes where like the parents are talking about their experience raising the kids. And I think Michael's mom, specifically, she's talking to the camera and she's like, the doctors told me he would never be able to love me. He would never show any affection for me. And look at him now, the way, I guess, attitudes have changed and how mm-hmm. maybe medical professionals used to dismiss these kids and mm-hmm. I guess give a really harsh breakdown to a parent who's had a baby yeah. <laughs> and tell them they will never love you, which is wrong. They do. And just express it a bit differently. Yeah, I think that was the message they were trying to pull at people. Mm-hmm. Just different to how we work and they deserve all the love that they can get, of course. But yeah, it's just, I guess, yeah, dispelling those preconceived notions of what we see, like people on the spectrum as as well as kind of refreshing and just like I guess a dating show or would you call it a dating show dating so doctor, awesome. yeah um but with just like pure intentions I think yeah um, no competition no yeah. like you're getting just, voted out or anything it's purely people wanting other people to flourish in the relationship yeah. so love that it's so cute yeah it's really 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 sweet there's like another couple who are like, you know, they're dating and they're living together. And during the interview, the interviewer asked like, have you consummated your relationship? And then she's like, I don't, I don't know what the definition of that word is. And then mm. her partner explains to her and he's, she's like, yeah, that was the easiest part. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that was so easy. <laughs> like, no I, love that. Yeah. I love the honesty. Yeah, um, I love it. But yeah, so far, so good. Definitely keep with it. Have you been watching anything else? What have I been watching? Probably won't go into too much detail. There are things that both of us are excited about, I guess. So Selling Tampa. Yeah. Which is the, I I guess, an offshoot of Selling Sunset. A whole new Mm -hmm. cast. Black female empowered real estate agency. (laughs) (laughs) It's already out. So that's what I'll be watching. And then Blackpink's Jisoo is in a Korean drama, which is called Snowdrop, I think. Yeah, so it's meant to be quite like a serious drama. But the interesting part is that it's being released on Disney+, Plus, which is, I guess, telling of the time that we are getting content like that now on something as mainstream as Disney. Yeah, like you remember when we used to have to watch K-dramas in like 10 parts on YouTube. Yeah. Extremely blurry, <laughs> shoddy, shoddy subtitles. <laughs> and now we're getting it like not only on Netflix, but like Disney+, Plus as well, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I think I was watching it on websites as well called like crazydrama.net and stuff like that. And then, yeah, you watch them in like 10 parts. And then if for some reason one part doesn't work, then you have to go and watch it on a dodgy website or something. Yeah. (laughs) And then there's always like heaps of ads. Yeah, and there's like there's like 10 options and like nine of them won't work or like the link will be broken and you're like, oh my God, but I really need to watch the next part. Yeah. And then you're also putting your computer at risk with all the like pop-up ads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> gotta do it for the drama right and that's why i didn't watch that many i think um in high school i just watched like the important ones maybe yeah, that were like the popular ones it wasn't easy so you, you were really limited in that way and you I really like had to try like, yeah go to like asia or like asian shops and buy the bootleg dvds yeah i definitely did that TV. yeah i definitely did that because sometimes it's just like it's not even worth like streaming it so, yes, I have a few of those at home, to be honest. <laughs> you have the Full House one? I don't have Full House. I have, like, Princess Hours um, and some Japanese dramas. So, the Hana Yorango, like, the original one. Oh, uh, yeah. One Liter of Tears. I was literally going to say, <laughs> do you have One Liter of Tears? Yeah. So, that, that was, that's the extent. I mean, now that we are able to access it so easily, it's good. But, yes, yeah. basically. But we will be checking it out. It doesn't look like a fun rom-com, which tends to be my choice of K-drama. Yeah, it's definitely a much more serious style, but will we watch it? Yes, we will. Yeah, we'll give it a go. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on Jisoo to be good because mm-hmm. she's such a, in such a popular girl group and this is like the only solo stuff she's done. Like everyone else has released solo songs and this is her big debut yeah. on her own. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it is good. <laughs> Well, for her sake, yes. Otherwise, the Korean public will be so harsh to well, her. She must be all right. I'm sure they wouldn't tell her to or advise her to do so. If, um, she was going to be bad, right? Yeah, you would. Because you so. know she's a very talented <laughs> singer. <laughs> <laughs> she could just release a solo song. You know? That would be like, I guess, the easy way of monetizing her. Yeah, so much less risky. Yeah, like I guess it isn't uncommon for. Start, like singers to foray into dramas though like our beloved rain Opa. <laughs> i thought you were gonna say your your um hero Opa. oh <laughs> 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 i might as well say you know from our fans that they want you to know that jenny kim bakery tour is out oh okay yes so she posted on instagram earlier that she was going to release a video called bakery tour and then <laughs> i like straight away like forwarded it to francis because i was like this is completely up our alley korean bakery tour slash just bakery tour in general like i'm here for that content even better that it's hosted by our jenny kim the one and only jenny kim <laughs> <laughs> apparently there's a mukbang at the end oh cute yeah those are probably the main things i'm keen for and also we've both been watching hometown cha-cha-cha yeah which is another k drama we're really behind on that one. Um, just slowly chipping <laughs> So this one is probably just like old news for anyone who follows like Korean dramas. Like this is so old. Like at the time when it was being released, it was like a huge hype. And then when it finished up on TV, um, there was all this scandal. And now that even that scandal's over and we're still watching. <laughs> I remember like, when the scandal dropped, I was like, oh no, is like this cancelled? Are we not supposed to watch it? And yeah, then I was totally the thinking next that week. Too. Yeah. And then the next week, it was fine. So like, oh, okay, I guess we can <laughs> The drama is over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I was like, oh, are we like, should we watch it or not? Like, it's yeah. so questionable because like, this guy's actually a dick. Like, I don't want to have that at the back of my mind when watching it. Especially because he's the romantic lead. Yeah, and he like plays like the good guy as well. But anyway, he's fine. He's a, he's still a good guy, fine, I guys. think. <laughs> So this non-problematic boy is to, is yeah. lives on. <laughs> so it's okay to watch for now. But it's been good so far. I've been enjoying it. It's so I reckon it's so cute. Like it's totally predictable. Like you guys would hate hearing us watch it. 
has a lot of like squeals and giggles. Um. No one but wants yeah. a live reaction to that. From us. <laughs> no, no one wants that. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's very funny, I would guess. Yeah. Funny, easy going is <laughs> what's the right <laughs> word for it. Easy to watch. Yeah, and it <laughs> has the whole, like, yeah, aside from the romantic couple, like there's the whole cast of characters, like the whole neighborhood mm-hmm. and you know, the little interactions between the side characters are enjoyable to mm-hmm. watch as well. So it's the whole package, yeah. really. Um, and a cute beachside town as well, mm-hmm. which I'm sure has been overrun by tourists now. <laughs> Including <laughs> us when we can. <laughs> when we're allowed. And maybe we'll be able to, in April, deliver you a podcast post soul trip and give you a you know hour by hour minute by minute breakdown of the bts concert <laughs> that's the dream <laughs> an audio version of the of our experiences yes it'll just be like it was so good oh my god they were so hot they're so cute oh, so they're so good when v looked, at the, um, looked into the camera and like stared into it that was so cute Did you see when rm like jumped up and down that was so cute <laughs> this high note was so good. It's so good at singing. It's so cute. You guys, you guys can skip it if you. <laughs> be an hour and a half of that. Oh my god, J Hope has so much stage presence. It's so cute. <laughs> but yeah. yes, hopefully that will happen, and maybe we'll even have our own bakery tour, a la Jenny Kim. We just keep <laughs> saying it and manifesting it. That's the only way it's going to happen. Well, yeah, I'm, in ma- I'm manifesting a bakery t- tour for sure. Oh my god, maybe we'll vlog. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. You know why we won't vlog? Why, Kansas? We know what it's like to be captured without your consent and put on a TikTok. <laughs> hey guys, I will, I will link the TikTok <laughs> in the description bar below. But it's so funny. I think I, I died when I saw it on my feed because it Did was. You notice un- her feel- no, I didn't notice. I know that you okay. could see that you, you saw her right because you were facing mm-hmm. her. I had yeah. literally no clue. I did know that this particular person was an influencer just the way, by the way she acted. But that, like, that didn't bother me because I'm like, there's so many of them now. Yeah, I think because it came unprompted as well on my feed. Yes. Like I was just browsing and then it showed the cafe that we just went to. And I was like, oh, like, let me just keep watching to see what they ordered <laughs> to see if we ordered the right thing. And then I was like, I saw your face and I was like, what? <laughs> I was watching it. <laughs> Because she has, then has the audacity to like zoom in on my face. <laughs> I was like, it was really wild because I think because when I see things on the internet, I think there's like a little bit of disconnect sometimes with like what's like your friend and like what's not your friend. Yeah, it was just very interesting, but it was very funny. Yeah. I wish they had linked us in the in the video but anyway how how would she know (laughs) are you guys from two friends in a pod (laughs) maybe we should have commented it and been like oh my god that's us (laughs) yeah we listen to our podcast yeah something yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, i anyway it takes a lot to vlog i think like she was just standing in the middle of the store like not in the way but sort of in the way like you wouldn't just stand there and like handing a camera around and doing everything and it's like it's like very obvious what you're doing so there's no subtlety in it which is what it which is that's what it takes to be a blogger and I don't think we have it in us is that also because she's doing a tiktok and tiktok is such a like short format that you really Mm. need to get it to be like snappy and like get the best moments in those like five seconds 
Yeah. Because you've got and to you grab to your attention that way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I guess with a vlog, maybe you have a bit more leeway because you've got like, you've got longer potentially. Oh my God. We'll be like Australian cutie hon. What's up, kitties? We have to be like, what's up? I don't know. What, what could be our pen name? What's up, lovelies? We'll <laughs> <laughs> oh. work on that. Yeah. <laughs> don't. That's not the final product. Still in draft mode. <laughs> Definitely not committing to that. Just like yeah. how we didn't commit to this name, but now we have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yes. How do we transition? Digression from us not vlogging, but potentially, you know, it's a possibility. A holiday. <laughs> yeah, we want to go on holiday. In fact, that's yes. the name of a great holiday movie. Yes. And actually, in this movie, they go on, I guess it's a Airbnb kind of experience. Which... Yeah, they essentially invent Airbnb. Which is what you do on holiday. (laughs) So, on holiday. On the holiday. The holiday. (laughs) The one (laughs) that happened in 2006, specifically. Starring Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet, Jude Law and Jack Black. So, when I did a quick Google of this movie, did you know the music for this movie was done by (gasps) Hans Zimmer? You you read my mind because that was my first (laughs) note. I was watching the credits. I was like, Hans Zimmer? Yeah. Because I think for us the age we are at and, and everything he's so closely associated with like really big action movies right like I'm expecting bomb and Christopher Nolan but I would never expect him to do like a a rom-com I mean yeah I think I was more surprised about like how big of a composer worked for this movie but I guess it makes sense because you've got such big stars in it um but yeah you're right like we we definitely like associate him with those like big action flicks and to me, I don't know, and sorry, Hans Zimmer, but, like, the music didn't really, really stand out for me. Like, it wasn't, like, I don't know, maybe I, I need to re-watch it now with that in mind. Yeah. Maybe. But it didn't, it didn't. Well, I can't I remember know. anything about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So maybe, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, to be honest. I guess with rom-coms, you don't really notice that background music as much as, like, something that's in your action where you're kind of forcing a feeling. I'm not really sure. But anyway. Anyway, it was him. It was Hans. Yes, it was him, which is pretty interesting. And then written, directed, and produced by Nancy Myers of The Parent Trap, which do you love? I love it. And then also, like, something's got to give the intern, and it's complicated. So, like, a good range of rom-coms there, and specifically, like, rom-coms that are kind of a little bit different, maybe, is the way to describe them. Like, they're not your stock standard, like, boy meets girl, fall in love kind of thing. Like, there's a little bit more to them. Whether tend it's... to be a bit like more mature people as well. So people mm-hmm. in their maybe 40s and stuff, finding love, 30s, mm-hmm. 40s, 50s, not necessarily like a really young people. Yeah. And then, yeah, The Parent Trap, which is like a classic. Well, it's yeah. a, the, she did the remake, sorry, with Lindsay Lohan. And I don't know, I, I really love that movie. I think it's so sweet, the word of the day. So the holiday is something you recommended because I know it's something that you've watched before and it's probably yeah. one of your favourites. Uh, I don't know about favourites, but it's something I do, like, I don't mind revisiting. And I don't mm. know whether that's because it's just something that, um, again, it's like nostalgia based. So I actually watched this movie in on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Funny that. Watching the holiday on holiday. <laughs> so, like, I think it was a bunch of us, um, like my family and, a f- and family friends, we were in... 
I want to say somewhere random like Kosava. Sorry, like that's probably not yeah, really random. random, but it's like random when you're from Sydney and you're like a child, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we didn't really like have anything to do at night. So we just like watched the holiday like because it was like one of the only movies I was playing in cinema at that time because it was around Christmas time. Um, oh, so you we went to the that- cinema? Yeah, and we watched oh. the holiday. So it was like a holiday activity. Oh, my God. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, so we watched that in cinema in some – not Sydney. In the Cold Harbor cinema. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe, like, to me, it's kind of, like, nostalgic of just being on holiday. <laughs> exactly what Nancy Myers wanted. Exactly. But I also think, yeah. like, the script itself is quite sweet. Like, um, And also the performances from Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet are, like, kind of top-notch. And also peak Jude Law for me. Oh, it's the best Jude <laughs> Law. It's 2000s-era Jude Law. Yeah. Like, this to me is peak Jude Law. I don't really rate him in anything else, if I'm honest. And I think we see Cameron Diaz at also, like, a really good stage in her career. So, you know, she's got really great comedic timing and she really displays that in this movie. Um, and Kate Winslet is just, like, the sweetest person alive. Like, that's what you get when you see her. And I think also Nancy Myers had these two women in mind when writing the movie as well, which is pretty interesting. Um, and I think she got them pretty right to be honest yeah yeah so no it's no wonder that they play such a good roles because they are playing their best selves i guess (laughs) and then also this is jack black's first rom-com oh is it yeah so apparently she saw him in school of rock and was like that's it (laughs) that's the one that is a great movie to be honest and he is so good in school of rock he is really good in school of rock so she saw that he was something like like, he was quite like, charming in it, and the way he interacted with the kids was really great. And so she was like, yeah, like, he would play a really good lead in a rom-com, which I guess, like, if you've ever seen Jack Black and seen any of his movies, he's not your typical rom-com lead, I would say. Especially, I don't know, I, I think we when we think of rom-coms, we think of, like, I don't know, a fantasy world where everyone looks really good, everyone is, you know, really well-dressed and all that sort of stuff. Like, not that Jack Black is not a looker or anything, but he's definitely not your typical, like... Hollywood, like Hollywood heartthrob, yeah, yeah. Like he doesn't fit that mold, which is fine. He he's he fits his own mold very well. But yeah, so he was basically given the part, or like she tried to convince him. Um, yeah. And then when he learned that Kate Winslet was playing his <laughs> his, his co-star, I guess he was yeah. like, "Yeah, okay, <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Lock it in, Eddie." He was like, "I'm yeah. in." <laughs> which again, fair enough. Yeah, I think you know, she's pretty well known at this point as well. Yeah, and she's you know, super famous, super beautiful. Yeah. Like, yeah, how could it go wrong? <laughs> but yeah, what were your initial thoughts on the movie? Was it a good recommendation? <laughs> I would say it's a good recommendation. It's a very cozy movie. Yeah. And it's a movie that I can imagine, you know, like being wrapped up and outside it's snowing and it's Christmas and you're in front of a fire and it's just like a cozy movie to watch. Sadly, we're in Australia where it's like today particularly it's really hot so it's not the vibe but it's like a really cozy Christmas movie mm-hmm. I didn't expect it to be so long it's quite mm-hmm. long it's pretty there's long. a lot in it and it essentially tells two love stories I think they're both I think one's done a bit better but they're largely done well and mm-hmm. the two full leads are all extremely so charming mm-hmm. that you can't help but I don't know, fall for their story and feel invested in it. So it's just like a mm-hmm. nice, sweet movie and you feel like warm and fuzzy after watching it is probably my yeah. take on it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so we've got Amanda. 
So is that the first one we're introduced to? I think it's Iris. Sorry, Iris. Yeah. So we, yeah. So we introduced to Iris, and unfortunately, she's still in love with her ex-boyfriend, who is just this. Oh, I hate him. <laughs> he's like an <laughs> asshole. Like he's just he's stringing her along, even at the work Christmas party. He's like still stringing her along, and then the audacity to announce his his engagement on the same night. Like, <sighs> oh, it was the worst. Iris, Iris, Iris. Iris. Oh, <laughs> I was just like, no. Because, yeah, she's just being so nice to him, giving him compliments, giving him a Christmas present. And he doesn't even have the guts to warn her about the announcement that's going to happen. Again, he's still stringing her along even when he knows fully well, like, what's going to happen and what he's currently up to. Yeah, like, he just wants to keep her around just because, I guess... It's the the thrill of having someone on the side that's not really on the side, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I think he like enjoys, yeah, I think he has that. I think he enjoys being able to pull her along or string her along and knowing whatever he does, you know, even if he announces his wedding, she'll still stay with him. Like nothing, like, yeah, she'll just stay with him no matter what. Yeah. And I feel like he enjoys lording over her. Anyway, Jasper's the worst and I hate him. Yeah, so, of course, she is heartbroken after hearing that he's engaged and she needs to get away. She also, she works at the Daily Telegraph and she basically has the same job at James Marsden in 27 Dresses. Like she writes wedding, I don't know, recounts of weddings. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, like that's still a thing. I mean, I haven't held a physical newspaper in years. I don't know. (laughs) I have never seen an article that recaps about a wedding in my whole life. Recap celebrity weddings, maybe, but not regular people weddings. Like, yeah. And the weddings we've been to, there's never been a journalist from the Telegraph there. Of course not. What the hell? <laughs> we imagine. <laughs> it's not that important. <laughs> Apparently yeah. that's a thing. And we've seen it in two movies. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if it's an overseas thing or if it's just a movie thing. I have no clue. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the next character is Amanda, who's played by Cameron Diaz. And just she's like she she's like a marketing guru. She makes movie trailers in Hollywood. So she's very rich. She has an amazing house. And just like Iris, she's unlucky in love because at the beginning of the film, she breaks up with her boyfriend because he admits to cheating on her. But he mm-hmm. just kind of puts it on her and says, like, you're closed off. You're not emotionally available. What was I supposed to do? Blah, blah, blah. But in the end, he cheated on her. So mm-hmm. she kicks him out of her home. Yeah. Yeah. He makes this yeah. whole deal about her not, not not being able to cry, which becomes like important later on. And she kind of blames her parents' divorce on like yeah. being emotionless, which is quite funny. Her trauma. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so she goes online and what does she Google? She Googles like holiday house or something, <laughs> like something really generic. Um, and then she basically finds like a house swap website yeah. and finds this quaint little English English house, which happens to be Iris's house. Um, and they exchange messages and then they basically just like back up their bags and go like the next day, basically. Literally, Iris is like, when can you come? And, and she's like, tomorrow? And they're like, yeah, okay, come to my house tomorrow. I'm yeah, like, well. I mean, these two girls, they're just sort of, I guess, desperate to escape their current situation. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe you kind of understand why they would just be like, yeah, like, screw this. I'm going to go. That's why you have Amanda in the UK in a little cottage and then Iris in a huge mansion in LA. And that's mm-hmm. where their stories begin. Yeah. So yeah. Amanda, the yeah. Cali girl, and England is very, very cold that time of the year. Um, <laughs> it's like fully snowing. She's like finding it really difficult to get to the place. There's a lot of like 
comedy in this part of the story because she's just like you know falling everywhere she's like buying like bottles of wine and chocolate in the little grocery store and you know pretending she's having a party dancing along like she's kind of letting loose which is I guess something that she really hasn't been able to do because she's been so stressed about work and I guess just kind of like putting her all into that she definitely seems a bit like a workaholic I get that vibe yeah. And yeah, she like, you know, sings along to Mr. Brightside. She loses her mind. She walks. When she arrives in England in the snow, she's like wearing high heels. And it's like, girl, that's not going to end well. <laughs> well, she didn't know she had to walk, okay? Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, maybe should we stick to her story and then go to Iris's? Because they're basically yeah. just like stories that keep cutting between each other. Very love, actually. I would say this is like, I prefer this to love, actually. Mm. Even though it's like a similar type of movie. Yeah. And yeah, they they come together at the end, but maybe we can stick to Amanda for now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So she is, you know, finally being able to let loose in her little small English cottage. Um, and then who rocks up at her door oh. one day drunk, but uh, again, as the aforementioned peak Jude Law comes stumbling in and is like, who the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> so he's actually Iris's brother. Yes. I guess as a brother does, he's like knocking at the door being like, I'm drunk, like I just need a place to stay. He doesn't know that Iris has gone to LA. So Amanda just like lets him in, which I was like, wow, what a brave girl. Yeah. <laughs> he's like letting some random guy in. He did say that he was his bro- her brother. Yeah. But, you know, again, yeah, I don't know. Movie logic. That ends really well for her. Yeah. It's fine. It's probably because it's hot. That's what I said. <laughs> I was like, this is why a meet cute like that would never happen to me because I'd be too scared and I wouldn't let him in. <laughs> I'd just have like you... zero on my phone. Because you have a sense of safety. Yeah. Like, like I don't want to die. <laughs> Look at what I miss out on. Jude Law. <laughs> 2000 zero Jude Law. Mm, maybe if Jude Law knocked up or rocked up at your door, you might feel different. <laughs> then... You've just never been given the opportunity, okay? Never knocked um... on my door, I'm sure. <laughs> He comes in and they just like instantly have chemistry, mm-hmm. I guess. And to me, this is sort of like, do they have chemistry or are they just like both really hot? <laughs> I mean, it can be a thing. Yeah. It's fair. Yeah. I feel like a lot of Hollywood movies, you're just like, they're just like two really hot people. So it's like, yeah, you should get together. Yeah. It's kind of hard to differentiate between like actual connection and like physical attraction, right? Hotties, yeah. <laughs> I think at first it is kind of like that physical attraction slash chemistry because she's just pretty much like, can you kiss me or like, can I kiss you? So she just does it. Just like, yeah, this is pretty nice. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> yeah, not bad. <laughs> and then they like end up sleeping together. And I think in the, the next day is when they actually start talking. <laughs> and this is where Amanda's like, I'm actually planning to go back home. Like she's mm-hmm. only been there for a couple of days and but she's hating it like the house doesn't have a shower it only has a bath like it's just not her vibe mm-hmm. but she's going to go back home but Jude Law is like you know sleeps with her says you're lovely please stay mm. and you know <laughs> when Jude Law says you're lovely please stay don't you stay yeah you will be like yeah I'll give another go <laughs> so he's like you know if you change your mind you should not fly out not go back home and come to the pub tonight and we can mm. hang out more you know? Yeah. I find you yeah. quite lovely. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, what else is she doing? Exactly. <laughs> what else is going on? Nothing. Yeah. So surprise, surprise, she stays. Yeah. And then 
gets drunk and sleeps with him again. <laughs> See, I feel like for this story, they don't they don't do much together. Like, there's not a lot of talking. It's just a physical attraction. It's just hot meets hot, yeah. and then yeah, you know, let's go. <laughs> like, it's still very sweet. But I think when we talk about Iris's mm. uh, story a bit more, there's a bit more. It's more happening. build up in the relationship. It's more build up, yeah. yeah. Sure. Whereas this one is just like they're so hot. It's like, well, okay, like go for yeah. it. Well, like, yeah, they're so hot. Forever. Then it's like, well, yeah, it makes sense. Maybe that's just yeah, like that's just lazy writing. Maybe at that point, <laughs> like we don't have to work on these people, and we understand why they would like yeah. each other. Not really sure, but I think yeah, you're right. There's probably like not a huge amount. I mean, there's definitely chemistry. You can definitely see mm. it, whether it's physical or whatever. It's it's kind of up in the air. But I guess like the main that we kind of see that is when you start to see that he's like more than he is because I think mm. until a certain point she just thinks that he's a single man he's just a bit of a player but mm. she's really attracted to him she can't help it like hot guy with a British accent like okay we can't help it either Cameron yeah but then she actually goes to his home and finds out that he's not a player he's actually a single dad to two like little girls and when she sees this side of him, that's when I think the tables kind of turn to become like this is more than just physical. This is actually like, oh, like I think I think it's kind of like oh, there's, he's actually a decent person. I think she doesn't realize <laughs> that he. Yeah, I think so. I think she just kind of sees him as a hot person. Like this is just mm. a fling. But then when she sees that he's actually a dad and he's actually a pretty good dad as well, it's just like, oh, okay. Then she like sees like a different side of him and that's where I think that that relationship kind of develops into something a little bit deeper. Yeah, because before that they've been having, they've been going on dates. So there's like a montage of their dates and they do talk quite honestly and share their vulnerabilities. Like, so she explains, I can't cry because mm-hmm. I was the only child and my parents got divorced at a young age and that really shook me up and I've never cried since then. Um, so they share all those like, you know, vulnerable stories about each other, but they're always like keeping a distance. Like she's always like, well, I'm going to leave anyway, so I shouldn't make this more serious because it's going to be, it's not going to end well. Well, she keeps having that sort of attitude about it. But then when she goes to the house and sees him with the kids, it's like, yeah, it just becomes more meaningful and deep, I think. Goofing around with the kids, like he plays Mr. Napkinhead. He makes him hot chocolate, so she sees a whole other side of him. And I guess this is the part where she's like, well, I'm still going to leave. Mm. I think this is where she sort of questions whether she should or not. Yeah, and I guess it's tough as well because she doesn't want to get involved with him and get to know the kids if she's going to leave because that would just mm-hmm. be really tough on them. Yeah, that's yeah, that's mean. Yeah. Did you see the kids' tent in their room? Yeah. How nice was that tent? It's a tent of dreams. It's the kind of tent that you saw in movies and wish you had at home. Yeah, like you're like, As an adult. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, no. <laughs> Did you ever build like bucket forts and stuff? Not properly. And yeah. I've seen amazing blanket forts on like movies and TV. I'm like, how do they do that? It looks so you know, good. The best blanket fort. What? The community one. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> that's a fortress. <laughs> it's not just a fort. <laughs> that's the blanket fort I think of when I think of blanket forts. Yeah. It's <laughs> a great episode. <laughs> it's a it's a really good one. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So he's widowed. He's lost his wife. He has two girls. Two extremely British girls, and they daddy. instantly take a light. Yeah, they're like, "I am." Da-. He goes, "I am daddy." It's like, "Oh, okay, okay, sir. <laughs> okay, if you say so." <laughs> you, you said it on me, but they instantly like Amanda as well. 
Yeah, they take a liking to her. Like, you know, you have a pretty dress. You smell nice. Not very <laughs> physical too. It's strange. I like your lipstick. Thanks. It's very kiss. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not allowed to wear lipstick or perfume. Yeah, those kids are like five. Yeah, it's cute. It is um, quite, it is cute. It's quite um innocent. Um and the interactions are quite sweet as well coming yeah. from her. I guess this is where they start having serious conversations because they're hanging out and they try to they try to stay apart from each other but they can't because you know the connection's too strong. But then Amanda's still like, I'm gonna leave so we shouldn't, you know, get too attached. But then after one night, Sir Graham, Jude Law himself is like, I love you and she's like, What am I supposed to do with that? Yeah, and he's like, if the answer's not coming to you, it's probably not. It's not <laughs> he's just <real>. like, uh... <laughs> and he's just like, oh, okay. He has that like look of disappointment on his face. Yeah, I mean, fair yeah. enough. That was yeah, pretty bold of a statement, and it's not mm-hmm. returned. Then what can what can you infer? <laughs> but it's not returned, right? But then I think her, part of her character is that she is not able to express herself very well. Yeah, and that comes through, I think, because she is a movie trailer maker. A lot of the times when she's in, like, emotional situations, she imagines them in the form of a movie trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has yeah. that, like, what do you call it, that overhead voice kind of narrating mm-hmm. her story. Yeah. Yeah. But in a very, like, cliche way. Yeah. So, I actually, like, one of the trailers had Lindsay Lohan and James Franco in it. Yeah. And in her story, there's Catherine Hahn and Jim. From the Jim office. Jim from the office. Um, like Jim? What's his name? Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Emily Blunt's just, husband. <laughs> Mr. Emily Blunt Jim is his official title. But yeah, yeah. he plays it. Yeah. So there's some like uh, pretty interesting cameos. cast members. Yeah. yeah, cameos. Yeah. I think the Lindsay Lohan one is because um, she had previously worked with Nancy Myers as well. <gasps> yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. I'm not uh, sure about the Dave Franco one. So I guess. Amanda just, you know, she sticks to her gun. She's like, you know, I live in the UK. Oh, no, I live in LA. You live in the UK. Like, it would be so hard to make it work, which is, I think, a very fair conversation given that Mm -hmm. long distance would be hard. He can't just drop the kids and, like, fly over all the time. Like, they're actually, like, genuinely challenging things to overcome for a relationship you've only, like, I don't know, you've only slept with this guy a couple of times. Well, they've only known each other for two weeks at this point. Yeah. It's a pretty big deal and, like, to accept two stepdaughters as well, potentially. Yeah, mm. yeah. even if they are very lovely. Yeah. So that, I think that's why I felt this was the more unrealistic of the two stories. Mm. Yeah. I wonder if it's just, like, this girl is just, this is it. Like, she's just quickly decided that she's wanted something more mm. and she's found it with this particular person that she's never been able to find with anyone else. Maybe that's mm. why. But, yeah, maybe it is unrealistic in the point of view in which – you know, you're, she's making very, like, serious life decisions very quickly. <laughs> but that's not to say that they're not the right decisions. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think it's a little bit different. Maybe it I is just yeah. going to push that happy ever, what do you, happily, happily ever after kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's just when you compare it to the other story, like, it mm-hmm. just seems a bit more rushed. Mm-hmm. I think um, also because there's a lot more commitment involved in the character oh, yeah. in law story. Whereas um, once we get to the Iris and uh, what's Jack his name? Black. Jack Black. What does Jack Black play? What's his name? Jack Black plays Jack Miles. Black. Um, yeah, so the Iris and Miles story. I think there's one we got to where it's not as fully 
committed, but it's also the romance is not there from the beginning, I would say, mm. as well. Connection, yes, but not romance. So maybe that's where it's kind of heading towards, where, like, Jude Law, uh, Amanda story is very centered around, like, a romantic relationship. Mm. Like, yeah, from the beginning, it's some sort of romantic clash. Yeah physical relationship and it seems a bit rushed in comparison and then yeah like you said it's like very big life decisions like is someone going to move to a whole other country are you going to suddenly be Mm -hmm. a mother figure to two kids like those are pretty big changes in your life yeah but i think yeah yeah, maybe it's just because of that yeah romance and then jude law is really hot yeah so you know who's gonna pass (laughs) that up (laughs) not amanda well i guess amanda she she leaves she gets into the taxi right yeah and then she finds herself crying. She's weeping, <laughs> finally. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's just that emotional state where she's actually, she's literally never felt like this way before. Like she's never cried over anyone. She's never been so, yeah, she's never been touched by like a relationship like this. So maybe this is just the sign. I mean, I'm not, I mean, like in that situation, yeah, you probably would want her to stay because it's a yeah, nicer like ending. Like, it's a nicer ending, but it's also just, like, there's something good. So it was, like, you might as well give it a go, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But she kind of takes that she can cry as a sign that this is actually real and, you know, she can't, she shouldn't just, like, turn her back on it. So, you know, she gets a taxi driver to stop, very dramatic. She's running through the woods, running on the snow, back to Jude Law. And when she gets in the cottage, he's been crying because he's a big, weepy, soft boy. Oh, he's a soft boy. But anyway, so they're together now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The end. The end of that story. They are together. Yeah. Did you see Cute. that coming? <laughs> what a surprise. Absolute shocker. Absolute shocker in a rom-com. Yeah, so Iris, now she's in America in a very large Californian mansion. And you know where her roots are. She's from England, that little college, cottage, that cute little cottage that she's from. So mansion is a big difference, I suppose. Mm. The same way that Cameron Diaz is shocked as well by... um smaller no, little quarters. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of her story is actually less about Miles, Jack Black's character, and more about her relationship with her elderly neighbor, Arthur, and developing a friendship there and helping him come out of his shell because he's he's quite reclusive now. And then you slowly find out that he has had like a very um storied and celebrated a Korean Hollywood has written for heaps of classic Hollywood movies, but he kind of like stays away from that all now and is hidden away in his house. So, yeah, she strikes up a friendship there. But in the meantime as well, Jasper keeps getting in touch with her and trying to get her to edit his book. Yeah, so he's just using her. I hate him. Yeah. Well, the worst. He's very unlikable. Mm, gross. Did you know they dated? What? In real life. Really? Yeah, the actors. Really? Kate Winslet and that guy, they dated br- briefly, I think. Oh, my God. I wonder if that helps. <laughs> And if it ended badly and then they just, like, captured that. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And then we are introduced to Miles. So Miles knows Arthur. No, sorry. Miles knows Amanda. So he works with her on movie trailers. Like, he creates music, I think. Yeah, he's um, like a composer. He's actually, like, dating some other lady. I forget her name. Maggie. Maggie. And then, again, I guess... Part of Iris's story is that she's just, she makes friends with everyone. So she actually makes friends with Miles. Um, it's not immediately like a romantic one or anything, but they do have like a general connection and they do like start hanging out and stuff. 
Uh, I think Mars is trying to introduce her to music or movies. Mm. He's so like, Arthur and Miles are trying to introduce her to movies, so they give her a list of stuff to watch, and then Miles mm-hmm. specifically is like focusing on the the music and music the part, yeah, musical history of Hollywood. So yeah. there's that great scene in the blockbuster or whatever where he like sings all the tunes like Jaws yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, you know, he's Jack Black, like he's an yeah. alright singer, and he also has he's also the lead of a band, yeah, just D. So you know, he's okay musically, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> he's not gonna be like off tune or off key or anything. So he's like, you know, in the middle of this blockbuster, like the hours, like singing out loud, like these tunes and stuff, and so they're having a laugh, and then they're just genuinely having like a really good time with each other. And then um, Miles spots that Maggie is actually out with another guy on a date and he's like clearly very hurt and runs out after her and puts yeah. Iris in an awkward position. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that scene, that blockbuster scene, I feel like Nancy Myers was like, when she wrote that, she was like, the only person who could play that is Jack Black. Or she wrote yeah. it after casting, like, you know, it had something to do with him because he plays it so perfectly. And yeah. I can't imagine another actor doing it justice the way he did. It's such a no. Jack Black scene and reminiscent of his performance in School of Rock as well. Yeah, I think it's just the whole musical part of it as well. Yeah. But he has that charisma to him where it's just very like, you know, he's so like enthusiastic. I think he must be genuinely just enthusiastic about music in general. Mm. But yeah, he does bring that character to life. And yeah, so he ends up dumping Maggie for now because she said, you know, she was on a trip. She's like an actress, but actually she was at in LA all along with another person. So his heart is broken. So both Iris and Miles sort of like commiserate together and just share their stories of having their hearts broken and console each other. But at this stage, it's very much a friendship, I think. Yeah, I think so. The whole side plot about Arthur is that he's been invited to be, to have like a day in his honour or, a, you know, symposium in his honour to celebrate all his work in Hollywood, but he doesn't want to go. And he's also in a walker, so he's a bit self-conscious of not being able to walk without some assistance. So then Iris builds up his confidence and like helps him with like basically becomes his like physiotherapist and does like water therapy with him um, and helps him walk again, which is pretty big skill. A very kind lady. Yeah. And she's very patient with him. And in the meantime, he's like telling her moves it at watch. So she's, you know, they're both getting something out of each other. It's a very meaningful friendship. Yeah. So they actually end up going to the awards together. She convinces him by saying like, you know, I'll be your date. They get him a suit. It's very, it's actually quite cute. sweet of a scene, yeah. So he he's able to go to that awards show and um, is awarded and you know, commemorated, I guess, um, mm. by so by his peers. And he's actually he seems to be quite glad to be gaining that recognition because I guess he is quite proud of his work. He walks up the stairs by himself, so he's very proud of that as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Actually, before this is like Jasper randomly comes to LA and like is at Iris's door. Yeah. Like, so he flies all the way to LA. All the way, yeah. Actually, this is this scene got me so angry because Jasper's just sort of, like, trying to wheedle his way back into Iris's life and she's slowly mm-hmm. kind of falling for it. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I'm, like, just confront him about the fact that he's getting married. Like, he's supposed to be getting married. Like, what well, is he thing. doing? Yeah. Like, he kind of puts it as, like, I flew all the way from England to to be with you and then she yeah i mean you see her fall for it because she's like oh that is quite like really sweet 
and shows that he's putting effort into it and then she like snaps into it it's just like but wait you're are you still getting married to that yeah and then he has to he can't lie but he's so such a weasel he's just like yeah but like yeah. that's just something else like he doesn't have a good excuse for it like no nah. not even like but i'm i don't love her though like i love you he doesn't even say anything about that he's just avoiding the topic i'm like you're, you're getting married yeah what the hell it was gross i hate him yeah well he makes it seem like it's on her she's yeah not happy to see him <sighs> fire <laughs> flame <laughs> yeah he's basically like why are you being so unreasonable like, yeah, I came all this way. Like you're getting married to another woman that yeah. you announced in front of the whole company and made me sta- stand there and watch it. Yeah, disgusting, disgusting, absolutely, absolute <laughs> disgrace. Yeah, but she finally stands up to him, which is great. So Iris, yeah. So basically, she like cuts him out, and then mm. she's free. She's a free woman. Mm. And then gladly, Miles hasn't taken Maggie back either because there's a brief scene where. She's like, come over, I need to talk to you. And Maggie's trying to be like, I made a mistake. Like, I'm so sorry. It didn't mean anything. But Miles is just like, no. Yeah, not having it. Not having it. So yeah, and then at that stage, Miles comes to the awards gala for Arthur and sit next to Iris. And yeah, for them, like the relationship isn't as serious as Amanda's. Like they just kind of kiss and agree to spend New Year's Eve together and go Mm -hmm. on a date. So it feels like more like potentially starting a relationship and starting to date and seeing where it goes rather than committing to like moving to another country (laughs) well yeah i mean like they just kind of gone through breakups i guess in Mm -hmm. a way yeah so it is slow and like yeah they like do really get along it's probably maybe the more realistic one in that it happens to more people but that's not to say that you can't fall in love like very quickly i guess as amanda does I guess this is for Iris, it's more of like a slow burn because I guess for her, her story in particular, it's not about finding a relationship. It's just, it's about forming that those friendships, sorry, mm-hmm. like with Arthur and getting, you know, finding satisfaction in building him up and his confidence and making him, like helping him to walk and, you know, that sort of story. So maybe that's yeah. why we don't really see that like that relationship it's kind of of like a secondary thing for her really but yeah it is quite sweet again the use of the word sweet in the way that they interact where it is very like yeah let's just take like little baby steps and not really commit to anything Mm. I think yeah for Iris it's more about like you said building those friendships and finding her confidence again because yeah you can see the way Jasper has like torn torn her down so, yeah, just finding her confidence, her gumption, as she says, and healing is more the focus rather than her having to find the next boyfriend. And, yeah, basically they all, like, have spent New Year's Eve together <laughs> in the cottage. Yeah. So I think she also was like, I'm going to go back to England. And mm. then he says, well, I've never been to England before. <laughs> yeah, these people are all extremely rich as well, so I feel like yeah. they can do whatever they oh, want. yeah. Well, um, questionable about Iris, but the others are rich, so they'll be fine. Yeah. Like is basically like I've never been to England before. Maybe I could go there with you. She's just like, for, yeah, like no, no commitment or anything. Mm. Just literally spend New Year's Eve with you in England. And yes, yeah, they are all together at New Year's Eve. Yes, it's very cute. <laughs> so it's like yeah, Iris, Amanda, Miles, Graham, his two daughters, all yeah, at Graham's just- house having a merry Christmas. Just celebrating family and unity. Um, cute. Yeah, cute little finish to it. I can see why you liken it to Love Actually. 
mm. have the impact of the airport scene. Huh? It's a different. <laughs> it doesn't quite have the impact of the airport scene. It's no. a little bit different. I guess what I actually with like we discussed it before. It's just kind of encompassing the whole spectrum of love, mm. not just like this particular little <laughs> family. <laughs> but yeah, I can see why like. It kind of gives us the same vibe. Like it's the the whole Christmas movie vibe, really, which is that um, love conquers all, and that mm. love, including like relationship, romantic, but also like family and friendship as well. Yeah, yeah cute little quintessential Christmas scene um, with the tree and like the snow falling and you know cozy vibes. Super cozy, and yeah, it's like that. Yeah, typical Christmas stuff. It's a happy ending, and there's like all the comedy that comes from. The women being like fish out of water sort of stuff, like, you know, the L.A. cosmopolitan lady in a British cottage and struggling with the bath, that sort of stuff. So it's just really cute and cozy, does a job, like it just makes you feel good after watching it and everything just like flows pretty well, I think. Yeah. 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 And very much driven by those lead characters, I think, um, those actors are everything. I agree. Yeah, I think their chemistry, their charisma is so strong that the movie really rides on it so that that you feel, yeah, you go along for the ride because the performances are so great. Yeah, Yeah. it's really sweet. I don't know why it has a 49% Rotten Tomatoes score. (laughs) This is the part where I'm like, I think this is just the era where rom-coms have just been dismissed as an Mm. inferior genre because for all I can see, the comments are, performances are really great but the story is very predictable and it's like well I don't see that same criticism for movies like Mission Impossible so yeah which is so yeah. predictable exactly or like Fast and Furious well actually maybe yeah. Fast and Furious yeah. but like you know like these movies don't quite get the same um mm. criticism as movies like The Holiday which are yeah it is completely predictable we're not expecting anything else but I think that's sort of the purpose of it like yeah it's supposed to be a reliable, cozy film for the holidays. Yeah, it's just so well written. You just want to see, yeah. Like, what yeah. did you want? What did you want? I thought it was interesting, though, because they set up Iris as a writer. So I was like, I wonder why they didn't give her a little unique element, like the way Amanda did, where she Im- imagines things as a movie trailer, where they could have got Iris imagining things as a romance novel or something with, the, oh, with a narrator. That would have been cute. She's a journalist maybe is more yeah, she just writes about weddings she yeah she doesn't like write about anything specifically like throughout the whole yeah. movie does she yeah yeah i think they could have done a bit more there i think they were just really like making use of cameron diaz's comedic abilities there which mm. is like she can pull off like wacky scenes like that also i really like the three-way phone call which one so it's when when graham calls iris and then Amanda calls Iris. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So I feel like it was a great three-way phone call to rival Bingo. rival the life of Bingo's. Girls, yeah. <laughs> Just a good one because she's, like, struggling to find the right person, essentially, and yeah, saying the wrong thing. She's trying to be the, the medium ground, and it's the, it's the phone call where she finds out that her brother has been sleeping with a girl that's sleeping in her house. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I can't believe you slept with her. And it's like, it's me, Iris. <laughs> It's Amanda. She's like, oh, shit. <laughs> but yeah, very cozy, fun movie. Like, yeah. honestly, it does the job. I can see why people like it and why it would be something to put like on a list for the holidays. Because it's called The Holiday. <laughs> oh, apparently James Franco is a friend of Nancy Myers. Ah, uh, okay. Makes that, sense. 
I think it does kind of add to that Hollywood vibe, though, or like the authenticity of the Hollywood vibe, because mm. you've literally got like Hollywood ASOS like in a movie trailer in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those. I think Hollywood loves movies that are about Hollywood, so definitely romanticizes Hollywood, particularly those Arthur scenes where he talks about you know the good old days of Hollywood, where it wasn't mm. owned by conglomerates and blah blah blah. Like mm. he kind of suggests that it wasn't about profits and it was about the art and the glamour. Mm-hmm. It's one of those movies that yeah does kind of go into that the way like yeah. La La Land does. I think yeah Hollywood patting itself on the back. <laughs> Yeah, well, this whole movie is kind of about, like, being optimistic, I yeah. suppose. <laughs> Anything could happen. Stay positive. Here. Yeah. yeah. No room for darkness. Yeah, I think it does add to, like, the, the positivity of it at all. And it's so nice to see the, I guess, the white Christmas. Like, the scenes in England look really cute. Like, the little cottage and the little town village that uh, Amanda goes to to buy her groceries and stuff. Mm-hmm. looks super Christmassy, which is great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very, very cute. But yes, a good, solid Christmas movie, I would say. How do you rate it against Love Actually? I feel like <laughs> if I was to say, like, which one's a better movie, like, The Holiday to me is a probably maybe a more likable movie in a way because it is sort of, like, it, it is so straightforward. Stories are pretty solid. The acting is really great. But... Again, to me, for Love Actually, it's just the vibe. (laughs) (laughs) The vibe is too strong. The vibe of it, really. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. I would probably, like, if I had to, like, just toe-to-toe, like, which one would I watch again? Yeah, it would be the holiday at this point in time. I'm reading the Wikipedia page for it. This scene was actually filmed in an actual blockbuster. Oh, blockbuster. (laughs) (laughs) Your favourite shop. Yeah. His name's John Krasinski. That's right. It wasn't much on my tongue. He's not yeah. not famous, you know. He's pretty <laughs> pretty <famous. big. laughs> He's not a little nobody married to Emily Blunt. <laughs> yeah, no. no, we definitely know that. And we're both fans of The Office. But yeah. for some reason, that's just on, totally slipped our mind. <laughs> anyway, good film. <laughs> Is it the last Christmas movie for the year, Francis? Or oh, have we got one more? I think we have one more in the pipeline. I mean, does it count as a Christmas movie? It is personally for us, I guess. For us, it is a Christmas movie. But actually, that's the thing I want to ask you. In the vein of that, so, you know, we're we're towing around it, but really we're talking about Mean Girls, which we watch every Christmas, and purely because there's one Christmas scene in it. I wouldn't say it's, like, directly a Christmas movie because center around Christmas, it just happens to be... I think the whole idea of the movie kind of centers around like that prom scene, really. If I had to put it down to one event, it's the prom scene. It's like a whole school year and it just happens like Christmas happens, right? Yeah. So it's not really about Christmas. It kind of happens somewhere in that school year. (laughs) It's not about Christmas. We just watch it during Christmas. Yeah. As usually happens. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Happens that way. So actually, I want to ask you. Is this a Christmas movie? No, I'm gonna list. I'm gonna give you a few movies, not too many, because I think Ooh. there's probably so many. But yeah, Die Hard. Is it a Christmas movie <sighs> or not? Yes. Yes. Doesn't. Yeah. Why? Because- I feel like it has a lot more to do with Christmas than yeah. It's it's the main time period. It takes place over Christmas. Yeah, I would say. I think that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go with it. Then Let's just say yeah, yes. Right? Let's put down the um debate once and for all it is just just embrace it yes. <laughs> Francis says it is so it, it is. is 
Yeah. My other question is, is it a Christmas movie or is it a Halloween movie? The Nightmare Before Christmas. Ooh. That's, it's a Halloween. This one always stumps me. This one <laughs> always stumps me every single year because I'm like, I, around Halloween, I'm like, do I watch it now or do I watch it later? <laughs> <laughs> is it Halloween? My gut says it's, Halloween, but it's Halloween creatures or Halloween characters. Yeah. But wanting to but do Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> yeah. That's like true. trying to take on the Christmas role. You know what? I you would I would count The Grinch as a Christmas movie, right? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. And then Jack Skellington is basically tr- a Grinch-like character trying to steal Christmas yes. and stuff. Correct. Therefore, is this a Christmas he is movie? The Grinch. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I think it is. He so does try to be Santa. Yeah. yeah. And the Grinch, even though he's trying to steal Christmas, it is a Christmas movie because he does realize in the end that Christmas is good. Well, yes, that people aren't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then also in The Nightmare, they realize the true meaning of Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Christmas movie, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We've, Edward we've sold it. Hands. <laughs> Oh. Is that a Christmas movie? I think it's centered around Christmas again. Like it's kind of the, it's, I think mm. maybe I'm just mistaking it for snow because there's a snow globe scene. <laughs> yeah. No, isn't there a scene like towards the end? Isn't it Christmas? I think it might be, but again, I'm not sure if that's just snow. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I see it a tree, <laughs> but I guess no, it is. It is at Christmas. Edward carves an angelic ice sculpture modeled after Kim. There we go. Confirmed, it is a Christmas movie because there is yeah. a, an angel, mm. a snow angel. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's pretty much it. There's a few other movies that but I'm not super familiar with them, to be honest. Like Gremlins. Yeah. I've only watched. Okay. I don't know. Okay, that's yeah. it. That's all I have. I guess just... Girls, not really because it's just one scene. It's not right. like the most important scene either, but right? It's an iconic scene. And that's true. We should learn the choreography. <laughs> Jingle. <laughs> I just slap my slap. thigh. <laughs> um, I would definitely be the Gretchen Wiener in that one, like stuffing it up. <laughs> Kicking then, the um, boombox into someone's yeah, eye. I think so. I think so. <laughs> and will we potentially have a little segment with a special guest? Maybe. So, hopefully, if a special guest will remember. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if not, we're sorry. For a much needed male voice, I think. <laughs> <laughs> It's just been something missing in this not, podcast. Not enough male presence on this. <laughs> in the world, I would say. Something that we cannot offer. Something that you and I will never be. Just two we'll girlies. Just two yeah. girlies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's happening anyway. <laughs> anyway, aside from that, anything else to wrap up today's episode, Alice? I think so. Kim Kardashian is nearly a lawyer. She's also nearly divorced. Well, <laughs> she's just trying. Nearly legally single, yeah. <laughs> she's trying. God help her. And Kanye is trying his darn hardest to get her back. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's just looking sad at the moment for him. I mean, she's with Pete Davidson. I forgot about that for a second. Yeah, but is she? Is probably the question. That, is to she? me, that's the question. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. What a wild dating history if he is. Yeah. Anyway, he passed the baby bar. Things are looking up. Friendly Kanye would sign those damn papers. 
North is going on live on Instagram. Oh my goodness. North is just unhinged. I love it. North is wild. <laughs> She's chaotic. I saw this video of Kim K when she was yeah. a teenager and it was a similar energy, I have to I say. I literally know which one you're talking about. It's yeah. like those home videos, right? Yes. 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 Because so, everyone's saying that like North is Kanye's daughter, but I think she's Kim's. <laughs> <laughs> you know how parents say like, I hope you have a daughter like yourself and you'll know how hard it is, blah, 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 blah. I think that's yeah. what just happened to Kim. I think so. So best yeah. of luck, anyway. Kim. Yeah. <laughs> North seems like a force to be reckoned with. Oh, goodness. I can't wait till she goes up. I'm so funny. Anyway. Anyway, tangent aside. That's thanks it. for listening. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. Bye. Yeah, this morning I went and got, I went to like a thingy to get tested and I thought it was a drive-in one. Yeah. And when I got there, I was like, I can't see the line to drive in. So (laughs) I like just parked somewhere and then lined up because I saw a few people. And then when I got there, I realized the drive-in line is so obvious. It's the line of cars (laughs) along the road. I'm like, oh my god, I'm like blind. Like, <laughs> there's just clearly a line of cars there. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's because no one had like their windows down or anything. Or like, I don't know, it just looked like yeah. people were just parked on the street. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I got a swab. Oh, how was it? It was actually okay. Like, it's not comfortable, I would guess, but like, it's mm. not as bad as people making it out to me. Like, you know, shoving it up your nostrils and stuff. Mm. They just like swabbed my mouth and then swabbed my nose. And I was like, oh. thank God it's not the other way around. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> You're like, ill. <laughs> but yeah, so. Yeah, okay. That test better be freaking negative. <laughs> <laughs> if it's positive. If yours is positive, you have to recover by Saturday. I don't know how. <laughs> You just so have I was to. at Maya for I was at Maya for seven minutes, and that's where it's surely not. <laughs> like, surely not. <laughs> oh, it's no, it's Maya and Kmart. Okay, oh, Maya, the double dose. Oh, so someone around that center that day was had it. That was at Kmart for so like fifteen minutes. And then Maya for eight minutes. Like, surely not. <laughs> the date. Please. Did you see that TikTok about um, someone was suggesting that people or the government should use the COVID check-in app to make like a Spotify wrapped before everywhere you went? I did. Yeah. I wonder what mine would be. Mine would be like Zara. Woolworths and then a second place to Zara. Really think that. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> 10,000 lab. Yeah, that'd be up there, wouldn't it? Try to look yeah, at my history. Like it's not 10, too bad. I'm pretty, pretty diverse. <laughs>